Welcome, 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 welcome to the F3 podcast where we discuss all things that pertain to faith, family, and finances. We are your host today. I am the little lowly. Um, just no, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. Um, but I am Dr. Lionel Emler Senior. <laughs> And I'm sitting next to the glorious, the radiant, the wonderful, sainted mother herself, Saint Jasmine the First, my wonderful wife, Dr. Jasmine Blair. We got a good one for you today. Oh, and I forgot to add, no subject is off limits here. No subject is off limits. Welcome, everybody, to the F3 Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Listen, if this is your first time with us, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hit the notification bell so you'll be notified every time we premiere a new episode. Be sure to take us with you on the go. You can find us with your favorite episode, your podcast, our stream. And you can also check out the links in the show notes in the description. You'll find links for our books and different events and different services. And you can find out how you can become an avid supporter of this podcast. If you have a show topic or a question, you have something that's not off limits you want us to discuss, be sure to click that same link and drop us a voicemail. Yeah. We've got some great, 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 great viewer topics coming up here in the next month or so. And I'm really, really excited about some of the things we're going to get to talk about. So today we're going to be picking up from our last episode with why pastors are leaving ministry. Um, this is like I said, the other side of church hurt that people don't want yeah. to talk about. We want to talk about what if my, like I said, in our top five is why if my, what my pastor's wrong, part one and two. Mm -hmm. So we are very, very interested in when the pastor's wrong and what to do, but we're not very interested in why pastors are leaving ministry. We're not interested in when the people are wrong and the pastor is finally fed up and the pastor now wants to leave. So I think it's key that we're having this conversation. There was a slew of things that we talked about, and you were reading those statistics. Can you yeah. give us that website again, please, before we get started? It came from soulshepherding.org. Soulshepherding.org. So for those of you that are looking up and verifying and checking your list and checking it twice, please check that website. Um, what is the title for that second section? Uh, statistics on pastors, emotional health, family, and morality. Yeah, that that is that is a very good one because see, there's some personal responsibility there as well. Yes, you know, and and we can't have this conversation and not talk about the level of personal responsibility. But then we've got to really look at the demands that factor into that. Yeah, that's true. You know, one of the statistics you read, and I'm paraphrasing was about pastors working between 55 and 75 hours a week. Mm -hmm. So rather that is all ministry employment or that is a combination of ministry as well as secular employment. Like I said, that's one and a half to almost two full-time jobs every week. Most of y'all that are watching this, you're not working full two full-time jobs a week by yourself. You're not. And then they didn't say this there, but when we factor in that for the majority of pastors, their wife, because this is, this is particularly men, we're still in a season that we have women in leadership. Most of these statistics are from men because pastoring is still a male dominated field. So we're talking 55 to 75 hours per week. 
Plus the wife in most cases is still working outside of the home to supplement the income. So between two people, they're working almost three full-time jobs. So when we get into the statistics about emotional health, you yeah. see what I'm saying? And family well-being, who has time? Rhetorical question. Who has time to invest in their own emotional health? Nevertheless, the emotional health of their spouse and their children when you're working two full-time jobs. Right. Now you've got, you still got to sleep in between all of that now. Yeah. You still got to sleep. You got to eat. You got to take a shower. You got to pray. You got to study. It, 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 you have time, but obviously it's very limited. And it's easy to say, oh, they can just put more people in place. They can just do this. It's not so simple, especially in seasons of transition. When you do experience those growing pains, you've got to train people and put the right people in place. It's still a demanding position. And most pastors, you know, they take on secular employment. Now, some organizations and and some uh, denominations, you have to sign something saying that, you know, you're not going to take on any secular employment because they want a full time pastor. That's a full time pastor. That's a full time pastor. But my thing is, if you are not paying somebody enough to take on that role and not take on secular employment, you should not expect that from them. You should not be upset. Well, they need to be doing this and this and this. Listen, if you're not giving that type of, of finances, how can you expect? And I find it, it's the 80-20 principle. I find that 80% of the people that want the pastor to be available all the time, or at least more than they are, or they feel like they should be doing more, are the people that, that give in the 20% ring, the, the least amount. And then you wonder why sometimes the pastor looks like they're catering to the biggest givers or they're available for the, to, to the biggest givers. You're not supporting nothing. <laughs> the ones that have the most demands give the least a lot of times. They give the least. They volunteer the least. They show up the least. Mm -hmm. They honor the least. Mm -hmm. They serve the least. Mm -hmm. They invite people to church the least. They tell people about the good things God is doing in their life as a result of the ministry, the least. But they have the most complaints. They, they, they have the most questions. They have the most weird suspicion and concern. My thing is, you ain't you ain't contributing nothing. You don't have a right to question. Mm -mm. Okay, I'll leave that alone. You might not have the questions, though, if you was there. That's the thing about it. What are you questioning when, you, when you've been absent? What is there for you to question? You know, some people are present but still absent. Yeah, you show up once a month and, and you got 80,000 questions. Hmm. You show up once a month. Anyway, mm -hmm. because see, that's a whole different episode because see, this generation of believers and I know we've been talking about this, you know, in our, our series, you know, on the modern day believers. This generation of believers is a little bit different and we think we're doing God and the pastor a favor just by showing up. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that another time because I don't feel like preaching today. But we've got to talk about this. This Now, can you read those statistics in that section? It says 70% uh, of pastors say they have a lower self-esteem now than when they entered ministry. Now, pause right there. That's concerning. And we can say, oh, well, you know, the pastor shouldn't care what nobody thinking, blah, 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 blah. You don't know what it's like to be in that position. Now, granted, I can definitely say, you know, that that's not our story. I don't care what you think. God bless you. Yeah. Uh, God bless you. 
Um, I'm in the greatest space of my life. But however, that's not the testimony of many pastors. Right. You know, when people complain, they don't like the way you dress. You know, they don't like what you got on. Some people think you you dress down too much. Some people think you're too dressed up. Some people think you need new clothes. And then some people think that you you think you're bougie and you're better than everybody else because of your clothes. You know, people complain they don't like your clothes. They don't like your shoes. They don't like your perfume or your cologne. They don't like your tie. They wish you had a tie. They don't like your jacket. They wish you had a different jacket. Some people want you to wear a whole suit. Some people want you to wear jeans. Some people want you to wear sandals. Some people want you to wear sneakers. Some people want you to wear a robe. Some people want you to take the robe off. It, it, you, you just cannot make people, people don't like your hair. People don't like your nose, your mustache, your beard, whatever it is. You know, you got the one man that would preach a holler about all these people don't be, need to be wearing beards because it's flesh. But anyway, there's so much criticism. Like you don't have to get in some jobs, you know, you have uniforms, but you don't have to get out of bed and go to when you go to church, you can just be people might not like what you have on, but they're not going to care. I'm going to preach what I want to preach in my domain. You don't know what it's like to have hundreds of people complaining uh, because they don't like real. what you got on. They don't like what your kids got on. They feel like your kids should have something else on. They feel like your wife should have something else on. It's just, can people just be there? Can people just be there? Why are you that triggered by what somebody has on? Right. So for some people, you know, it might not bother you, but after 10 or 15 years of that, you start to, okay, well, Lord, do I need what? Some people that, that can contribute to their low self-esteem. These are things that we don't talk about. You don't like what they have on. You complain about what they preach. You don't like the way they said it. You wish they would have said it differently. Then you always comparing them to your favorite pastor anyway, the, from the TV. Well, this pastor said that this pastor, well, how about you call the 1-800 number and you be a part of that person's virtual campus then? Since you seem to think that everything they say is from God and you have to question and scrutinize everything I say according to your favorite televangelist. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Yep. And you want to know what else this says too? It says that this, this, this is communicating to me mm -hmm. that most pastors' ministries tear them down. Yeah. Doing ministry tear them down. Yeah. Should, listen, you're going to get your warfare. You're going to get your hits. You're going to get your criticisms. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's not going to come without opposition, but this is between opposing and tearing someone down. Mm -hmm. And to tear, and for ministry to tear your self-esteem down like that, like something is completely wrong with that. Mm -hmm. It's wrong. You know, but but when you, I couldn't have been Moses. <laughs> I would, you know, because see, you know, when when God when we got ready to kill everybody, I was said, I said, do it, Lord, just spare the ones that don't give me no hard time. Kill them all. You know, if I was Moses, see, see, y'all well, you know Moses missed the promised land because he was compassionate toward the people that pissed him off enough for him to disobey God. But that's another conversation. Yeah, you know. And, and and see that's another subject too because because a lot of people don't realize like yeah the leader is leading but you, just like the people can go as only as far as the shepherd can go the shepherd can only go as far as the people are willing to go without murmuring and complaining yeah without murmuring and complaining mm -hmm. so a lot of times that pastors 
destiny and that pastor's promises are tied into uh, the sheep following them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching a good biblical principle here. Yeah. And a lot of times things are held up in that pastor's own life mm-hmm. and destiny. You know, I, I've seen, I've seen pastors. I mean, I mean, prosper after they left the ministry. Mm-hmm. I've seen, past- seen a lot of that now on You've social seen a lot media. of that. Like, like, you know, I, I, I know one guy, he said, man, I'll never go back to that. He said, my life is so much better, you know, uh, now that I'm doing what I'm doing now in the business world, you know, or the entertainment world, whatever. He said, my life, I got so much peace now than what I had back then. That's that 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 shouldn't be. That shouldn't be because see when God calls you to lead a group of people, that is a calling from God. Like, you know, and you mean to tell me, but but see, but see, but see, everybody plays a role in that. Mm-hmm. Everybody plays a role in that. So, so if God called me to lead a people, but if that but if that people is constantly bucking up against me, giving me a hard time, you see. And then I'm forced to move now a different way. That's mostly the people's loss. That's the people's loss. You know, I, I remember when we first started our church, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, I, I, I closed it down. <laughs> you want to know why I closed it down? Because people won't give it. Mm-hmm. And I told the people, I said, "Y'all need this. We don't need this." Mm-hmm. Cause we got other stuff that God got us doing and, and, and involved in. I don't need a, I don't need the stress of a congregation. I don't need the stress of a, you know, and I, and I show sure ain't about to come out of my pocket, you know, to uh, keep everything open. And I know some of y'all probably think, Oh, well, you're the pastor. Yeah. You're this supposed was several to, years ago. Yeah. This was years ago. You're the pastor. You're supposed to be doing it. No, 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 no. Cause I can show you in the Bible where Jesus specifically said, don't, Bring your personal finances and put it in ministry. The workman is worthy of his meat. Let 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 the ministry fund itself. Let the people who are blessed fund the ministry. What he say? Your purse, your money bag. Yeah, he said, don't bring your gold, your silver, your brass, your 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 purse, which is another word for wallet. Because you know somebody gonna look it up, look up the scripture. Yeah, Matthew so chapter two. He didn't say up. personal finance. He said purse, gold, brass. So. He was talking about their personal finances. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Jesus would not tell you. Jesus would not tell them not to bring something that they didn't have. Come See, on. He was telling them not to bring none of your personal gold, silver, because them apostles were wealthy men. Don't bring your personal wealth. See, I, I, I know y'all think that, you know, if the pastor being there, he's supposed to be funding everything in the ministry. You a darn lie. No. You a darn lie. You know, that's not he's even not shepherding himself. <laughs> it's not even scriptural. While you sit up there and soak up the AC and and, and and receive all the ministry and all the teaching to strengthen your soul. See, y'all don't value eternal things. That's why. You know, we we have to we have to get back to honor it for, for, for the things of God again and valuing eternal things. You know, that reminds me of a video I saw a few years ago. Um, I don't know where this was. I'm, I'm literally just giving the gist of the story. I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it on social media somewhere if it's not down. Um, uh, it was another video site, but there was a woman that ended up calling the news where she lived because her church had sent her a letter basically saying that she was no longer a member of the church yeah. because she hadn't gave nothing to the church. Right. And um, 
you know, they were interviewing a lady and she said, yeah, you know, I was showing up. I was blessed and my kids was blessed. And I didn't feel like I needed to give something just to be a part of the church. And I'm just like, OK, if you've been blessed and you've been part of the church all this time, why would you keep showing up week after week after week and not give give a dime for real? not give nothing, not a dime? It's not like she this is somebody who didn't have a job and just didn't was not able to give. So they end up sending her a letter. Now, I don't think they should have sent her a letter. But I definitely believe at some point she should have been confronted. If you're showing up every week, you're being blessed. You know, you probably come into the prayer line at some point throughout that year. And I'm paraphrasing because it might have been a year or two or three. But if you've been a part of somewhere for six months, eight months, nine months, 10 months, a year, you're being blessed. You didn't give nothing. I'm going to tell you something. And some of y'all are going to probably think I'm a bad leader because of this. But what I'm getting ready to say, <laughs> I got Bible. I don't deal with nobody who don't sow. <laughs> For real. And I'm not saying you got to sow thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars. But I have, I've, you know, I've dropped leaders under our covering because they didn't sow. You understand what I'm saying? No, 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 no. You're not going to, you, no, no, no. Don't call on me and you don't give nothing. Especially when I know you got it. Now, if you don't have, now, here's the thing. We've seen people who didn't have no job found a way to sow. Didn't have a job, didn't have income, didn't have nothing for a year or more, and found a way to get found a something way to sell. a few times a year. See, see, it's, and no, they wasn't selling no blood or no plasma, nothing crazy. Right. I, I can, I can, I can hear it in the spirit. No, they wasn't doing nothing crazy. You know, and and it's not even about how much you give; it's how much you have left over after you give it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I think the woman with the. Uh, uh, I think it's a penny, or it might be the widow's mite, or something like that. One, one mm -hmm. of the, one of them, one of those situations, mm -hmm. you know, where the woman gave gave less, but Jesus said she gave more mm -hmm. than everyone else, and she gave the least because she didn't have any, she didn't hardly have anything left over after she gave. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, so I do not deal with people who do not give mm -hmm. don't ask don't keep asking me for counsel for prayer none of that stuff and you don't and you don't sow a seed you done sold more in the mcdonald's than you did your local ministry and y'all get mad at the prophets when the prophets start saying hey sow a sow a 30 seed if you if, if you want if, if if you want a prophecy oh that's a psychic that's a psychic it was customary in the bible to come before the prophet would have given the prophet didn't have to ask for a gift. You that was a whole nother episode. We already did the math that yeah. came out to approximately an eighty dollar seed in today's probably more now because of the inflation. We're gonna yeah. have, we're, gonna, we're gonna have to revisit our calculations. But yeah. at the time that we did that episode, it was approximately about an eighty eighty five dollar seed. Yeah, yeah. You see, what I'm saying if God has blessed you with someone who regularly speaks into your life prophetically, you know, he's giving you a leader that speaks to your life prophetically. You owe them at least by $80 a month. And that's on top of everything else you get. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, see, I don't deal with people who don't. So for real, you know, now it's one thing if I'm ministering, you see what I'm saying? And I just, you know, right. minister prophetically and going by my business. But if you want my regular input and voice in your life, then you are, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to see some money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need to see some, for, for real, I'm going to need to see some money. Okay, the, the, listen, I don't take time for people who don't sell like that. 
you know, especially when I know you got it. Now, if I know you really don't have it and you really need the ministry, of course, right. I, I mean, I'm going to obey God regardless. That's right. That's right. But, 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 I, but, but I also understand and see a lot of y'all don't govern your gift by principles. Hmm. See, that's where wisdom comes in. A lot of you don't govern your gift by principles. You just go off of impulsion and call it an unction. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to learn this. I had to learn this as a senior leader. I wanted folks to get it and receive and experience God. So I ended up just, just uh, you know, casting my pearls before swine. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Pearls of great price. You gonna have to pay for you have to, there's some pearls you got to pay for. Mm -hmm. There's some pearls you gonna have to pay for. And, and, and y'all get mad when we sell books and when we sell courses and all this other stuff. That should be free. No, the gospel is free. <laughs> Parts of the gospel is free. You know, see, see, healings, miracles, and deliverance. That's that's free. Mm -hmm. Matthew chapter 10. Yeah. Healings, deliverance, and miracles. You know, freely as you receive, freely give, Jesus said. That's in the context of miracles, healings, praying for people, casting out their devils. Mm -hmm. But if you want discipleship, the very thing that's going to mature you. Okay. See, a lot of y'all chase miracles. You chase prophecies. Ooh. That's why you go to all the different services and stuff like that. And, uh, 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 but, 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 but you ain't discipled. Because mm -hmm. discipleship gonna cost you, gonna cost your time, gonna cost your money. Don't listen. Do not say that Lionel and Jasmine are your spiritual parents. You don't give nothing. Oh, don't say we your leaders and you don't give nothing. Them my pastors. Them my pastors. <laughs> pastor, and you ain't give a dime, baby. You are a user. And most of them people stay in cycles of poverty and they stay mm -hmm. broke. Yeah, my pastor. Yeah, you tell people we your pastor all day long. <laughs> yeah, you no 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 no. You, you, you no no no. I'm 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 your I'm your leader. If you give me some, okay. Yeah 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 yeah. And somebody listening, well, that ain't right. It shouldn't be about all that. I can prove. I can prove everything. When you have to give and you don't give anything, you you don't support the vision in no kind of way. Okay, that's an issue. You got a thousand dollars in the bank. I should at least see a hundred of that. Okay. And, it's honor. You know, but tying this back into the subject, this is the stress that pastors yeah. have. Why is it that you have a pastor working between 55 and 75 hours a week between ministry and secular employment? And then they spouse still got to go work. And then when they start to have a little something, then you complain. Why are you dressed in this brand? Why are you wearing that brand? If between the two of them, they working 100 hours a week, they're allowed to have what they want to have. Yeah. For real. A hundred hours. For real. If the, between the two of them, they work at a hundred hours a week. They should have whatever it is they want to have. That That is their business. See, we complain. We we don't want to address the 55 to 75 hours a week, but then we want to address when we see something named brand. Well, that's expensive. How you think people in the church feel they can't afford that? If between the two of them, they work at a hundred hours a week, they don't care. That That is the little bit that they have done for themselves. On top of their reasonable service to the Lord. Let me say this. Because of a pastor. Because, see, I used to be like a lot of y'all criticized pastors, you know, until I became one. 
<laughs> okay, and then I started experiencing the stresses and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's why the pastor do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why Creflo do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why Benny does this. That's why they talk like this. That's why they handle things like this. And I'm not saying I agree with everything, but I'm saying I saw the, the, a lot of things I was critical against, and I'm like, oh, this is why they do it now, because now God is God is putting his hand on me to start doing certain, certain things similar. Mm-hmm. Because listen, you 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 need to see the value of your leader. Yeah. You, you need to see the value of the leader. Why? Because God has charged them to lead you into eternal things. And anything that's eternal takes precedence over anything that's earthly. That's why your pastor is more important than your boss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your spiritual father and mother is more important than the man you work for or the woman you work for. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, so, so you, 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 you should, you should feel bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, I might get in trouble for the statement. You should feel bad when your house is bigger than your pastor's. Why? Because the pressure of their job. And why do you think the president lives in the White House? That big old house. <laughs> why do you think the president lives in the White House? Is for comfort and security. Because clearly because they the already stress. had a house. <laughs> yeah. Comfort and security because of the stress of their job. Because of the stress of their job. It ain't it ain't just so they can live in a lap of luxury and swim in your money like Scrooge McDuck. Okay, it's not about that. They have an assignment to fulfill <laughs> that requires a lot. I'm going to tell you something. In the midst of comfort, you can hear God so clearly. Yes, you can. In the midst of comfort. Okay. Uh, 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 there's a huge difference when you fly in commercial versus the flying private. A, well, I just feel they don't, why they got to spend all the, can't they just get on the plane? See, you, y'all try to make y'all pastors like average human beings. Mm-mm. Not even recognizing the divine endowment on their assignment. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus had a standard for himself. If you read your Bible, it's right there. Listen, um, Jesus had a standard for himself. He didn't go to everybody's house. He only went to rich people's house. Rich sinners at that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Matter of fact, the Bible says Jesus had a house. And there was there was time when he would bring people over his house, and guess what? He had he there was there was some Pharisees came to his house. The, the multitude was not at Jesus' house, right? For <laughs> real, disciples came to his house. His house had to be big enough to accommodate all them people. <laughs> Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house. See, he ministered to the poor, but he didn't hang around them. Okay, he, he was gave never to the accused poor. of being friends with the poor. He was accused of being friends of wealthy sinners. Yeah. Jesus, oh, he's a friend of sinners. That was an accusation. Read your yeah, Bible. that's not a good thing. Yeah, he, yeah, that, 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 that's what they accused him because sinners loved him. Okay, and they wanted to be around him. But guess what? He, if when when it came to accommodations, okay, and when he went to somebody's house because lodging back then was very scarce. So that's why yes. sometimes in their travels they slept outside. You couldn't just go to go book a hotel and then just show up back then. That, right. that wasn't quite set up back then. Yeah. You couldn't be a Diamonds back. Rewards member back then. Right. <laughs> now you can. But 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 uh you know, whenever he did stay in somebody's house, he stayed in rich folk house. Mm. 
He stayed they in They probably a house. had a big enough house to have room for him. Yeah, so I'm saying he <laughs> stayed in the house that would accommodate him too. Mm -hmm. Accommodate him and the 12. You know, these guys were used to wealth. You understand what I'm saying? So, 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 so for you to want your pastor to sleep in a shack and to drive a hoopty while you live in a, while, while you, while you have this nice plush house. Okay. And, and, and this nice car. Okay. Something is wrong with you. And God forbid between them hundred hours, pastor just so happen to have the house the same size as yours. The pastor ain't humble enough. Go back, go, go. Let's get back to the list. I want you to read some more oh, well, things on that list. Yeah. Um, 70% constantly fight depression. Mm. And part of that is probably because they don't have enough time to rest. Don't have enough time to rest. Don't yeah. have enough time. And when they can take time. No, because as soon as the past is not available, some of y'all mad. Right. And, and we can go a lot of ways into that. Um, some of those are for some other topics. I don't want to get off into that, but there could be many reasons for that. You know, people, uh, people that are leaving, you know, change in a vision, people not supporting the vision, um, you know, certain programs they started failed, you know, whatever it is, people blaming them for stuff. There could be a number of, they could have problems at home because maybe they've been at the church trying to fix this and fix this and fix this. And they feel like, okay, I'm doing the will of God. And now my spouse is mad at me. There could be a number of things within that. Yeah. You know, some of it could be from poor diet because they ripping and running all the time. And by the time they get home for the church, the only thing open is fast food. There could be a number of things in that. What's the next one on the list? Uh, 50% feel so discouraged that they would leave their ministry if they could, but can't find another job. You know, and that's the other thing you got to realize. You've been a pastor for 10, 15, 20 years those skills don't actually translate over to many things in corporate America. Right. So for many there, I mean, unless they build a business, there's no way for them to exit, you know, that kind of field. There's no way to exit that kind of disrespect. And see, that's that type of dishonor, that stress, that depression, having to deal with a conflict because somebody's mad every other month. That's the stuff they don't tell you when you sign up. Yeah. Hey, if you choose this, uh, it's gonna be hard for you to exit out of this, and and then we can't even always respond like, like, like people normally would respond. Mm -hmm. We can't respond like a CEO will respond because then you're the bad guy. We can't tell you just shut up and take it, shut up and take it. I'm writing you. I'm I'm signing your paycheck. You understand what I'm saying? We can't tell you that. You know, we 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 have to handle things in a biblical manner. Mm -hmm. And 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 sometimes you know when you have when you're dealing with a believer that's not as biblical as you, mm -hmm. okay, that, that that's gonna clash. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely. What's next on the list? Um, eighty percent believe their pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families, and thirty-three percent said it was an outright hazard. Absolutely, and that's the other thing that people do not consider is the toll that it takes the toll that it takes and it takes a lot. And, you know, we've met several couples in ministry. And as we've talked about before, for some, just to keep the peace, the spouse stays at home. The spouse don't really do a lot of involving. You know, there was one pastor um, at one point years ago, 
The pastor's, the people were so mean to the pastor's wife. The pastor's wife stopped coming to church. Yeah. And the pastor's wife did not come back to church until the pastor was able to find a job at another church because they had just was mean and disrespectful. And, and it was based, they basically mobbed her in a way to where they both agree. Now, this is a senior pastor. They both agreed, you know, it's best that you just, we, you're going to stay home and I'm going to keep pastoring till I find another church. Mm-hmm. Just dishonored. See, these are the things that we don't talk about. We no. we like to talk about, you know, the bad guys in the pulpit, but we don't talk about the bad guys in the congregation. Mm. Well, what's next? Or is that it for that section? Uh, it's it's, it's, a, it's a more. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, 80% of ministry spouses feel left out and unappreciated in their church. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Hmm. I'm not going to get too much into that because we're going to do another episode on that later yeah, on. But, yeah. you know, that's that's the reality. I've I've seen so many churches, so many flyers, so many, and I'm looking at the stuff like, where's their spouse? Right. Where's their spouse? You got the man all seen and the wife just somewhere in, in the congregation. The devil is a whole lie. Mm-hmm. Or you got the woman all up there and the husband somewhere on the side and the back. Where where is the spouse? Deacon Earl and Chief Apostle Earling. <laughs> where the the devil is a whole lot. I do not. We've got to do a better. And that's a body issue. That's not just a church oh, issue. Yeah. You know, for some of these couples that you know go through things in marriage. And yes, there's personal maintenance and personal responsibility. But we at the church are largely at fault. A lot of people's spouses get left home because they'll fly. They'll pay for you to fly and come preach, but they won't pay for your spouse to come with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they'll pay for your armor bearer to come with you or your associate pastor before they pay for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Why people? Well, it's a sacrifice. Why should you have to be on the road all the time and, and not bring your spouse with you? Right. That doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, like I said, that's a body issue. And, and that's something that's way bigger than just, you know, one particular church or one particular denomination. You have a lot of people that think like that. Mm hmm. And, you know, that's what you, one of those things, you know, you have to teach people how to treat you. You got, let me say that again. You have to teach people how to treat you. That part. That's a lesson we learned a long time ago. You want one of us to preach. We both going. Yeah. We both showing up. Yeah, for real. We are both going to be there. No, ain't no one of us. And then I'm, we are both going to be present. I don't care if it's a woman's event or a man's event. We both going. We both going. We both going. Then call Jesus, my wife for a woman event. I'm, I'm, I'm coming too. We both going. Didn't Jesus send them out two by two? I'm her I'm a bear. <laughs> we both going. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. We both going. We both. Both. Both of us. Both of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You like one and don't like the other. We both going. Yeah. Let both. me say that one more time. We both going. <laughs> mm-hmm. We both going in. And any anybody else uh and that these seasoned married couples in the ministry, you want one of them to come, they both going. Mm-hmm. They ain't got no spouse, one of us going. But see, we don't make those kind of provisions for the pastor mm-hmm. or the pastor and their spouse. We don't make that kind of provision because mm-hmm. we don't see the value in that. That. That's why that's a whole other episode. We don't see the value in that because see, normally one stays home if they, especially if they have underage children. Mm-hmm. But there should be some kind of childcare. Yeah. You see, you know how many hours we have spent on the road? A lot of times away from our own kids. 
Mm-hmm. You understand? Because we understand the value of this. Now, of course, they're in good hands. They got godparents. I can only just count on one hand how many pastors, because there are people in ministry that understand. I count on one hand how many pastors, and again, these are people I know. I don't, I don't know everybody. How many pastors that have brought somebody in to speak and have flown in either them and the spouse or them and the spouse as well as the child? I count on one hand how many pastors that have made that investment for somebody to come speak because they value and honor family. And of course, these are other pastors that have family and children and things like that. Right. I count on one hand. It's not a whole lot of pastors that understand and honor that. Right. But these are also pastors that have good marriages. These are pastors that have good relationships with their underage children and their adult children. Right. These are pastors that have healthy families and there's not, not a lot of bitterness that's going on there. Yeah. So, you know, the two may very well go together or it may just be an unrelated correlation. Who knows? We'll look at that at another time. But I can't help but notice that these are people with happy families and happy marriages and we actually get to see their spouse and they're not disappeared somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to continue to add to the encouragement on this. We've got to make sure that we are making space. Listen, to churches, those of you that are listening, you're on the eldership team, leadership team, consider sending your pastor on a sabbatical because many of them do not get a salary. But those that do, they cannot, it may not even be involved for them to be able to take a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. At least once a year, they should be able to take a week or two off for ministry and fast and pray and seek the Lord. And y'all should be able to run the stuff uh, without doing what Aaron did and having golden calves while they're gone for two weeks. Right. And um, also, I will say this. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I will also say this, too. If you know that your pastor has a need, rally together to meet that need. Mm-hmm. Now, need if can you look, can, yes, if, if, if you can, you know, or, or at least start some kind of fund or something, you know, uh, uh, you know, pastor need a new car, you know, pastor probably need some new clothes. Mm-hmm. Start, st- start, start, start a personal, start, start a fund outside of that. Don't, don't even tell them about it. Mm-hmm. Just come put your money, your resources together, you know, and you'll be surprised at how much God you know, can really bless that. You know, some of their friends in ministry, hey, we want to get our pastor a car. Can you contribute to that? We want to get our pastor some new clothes. You know, there are pastors that I've seen that I'm like, okay, this pastor got that. They got the same handful of suits, nice suits, humble. I'm like, okay, but I don't go to their church. So if I see it from a distance, I know you see it and you go to their church every week. Why, why are these things not concerning you? This is why I'm, I'm thankful for God uh, in the next season. You know, one of my prayers is to be able to go in and bless these pastors and show these people how to honor these pastors correctly. Yes. Because why is it your pastor got five suits and they've been pastoring for almost 10 years and y'all have not blessed pastor with some new suits? Right. Y'all Especially though he like to wear suits. Y'all have not blessed. Half y'all going to leave the church if the pastor ain't got a suit. But then you don't want to help them get no more. Suits ain't cheap. Get some shirts, a couple of shoes, a shoe, something. You'd be surprised at how God God will bless your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you when you consider the man and woman of God, you will be utterly surprised at a, my God how God will bless your life. Yes, when you prioritize the messenger of God. Mm-hmm. Try it. 
Try it. I dare you. I dare you. Try it. Yes. You know, because see, we're not allowed to show weakness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Y'all start dishonoring us. We're not allowed to show weakness. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to to we're not allowed to show a need. Come on. We got to show up every week and deliver. Mm-hmm. Every week. Yes, indeed. Any closing remarks you got? For the people. If you could get out of your own head mm-hmm. about your own importance, just for a moment, to recognize the importance of the messenger. You see what I'm saying? If you could really see this through the lenses of God and not through the lenses of your flesh or your own experience or your own position. You got to see it from God's position. Mm-hmm. You got to see it from heaven's position. You mm-hmm. see it from heaven's position. You see it a whole lot differently. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you stop trying to equalize long enough to see the value of someone else mm-hmm. who's been assigned to be a tremendous blessing to your life, mm-hmm. then guess what? You'll be surprised at how God will bless your life by responding to that accordingly. Absolutely. Listen, we want to thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the F3 podcast. Again, to find out more information on how you can become an avid supporter, be sure to click the link in the comment in the description box in the show notes. Follow us on IG at King in Queen Blair. And until next time on the F3 podcast. Goodbye.